Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Rational Republican. I'm James Ball. This is Nick Perlosky. Hey, listeners. How we doing? We are going to talk about one of the most divisive issues that we possibly can in here in episode number two. Starting strong. We're bringing the big guns out right here up front. This is, this is as good as we get. <laughs> yeah. That topic, if you haven't, haven't guessed, is, uh, is abortion. It's probably going to end up in the title, so you probably knew that coming into this. <laughs> but <laughs> I was going to say spoiler alert, but right, yeah, that's right. probably yeah, yeah, already it's, on it's there. in the title. You know what we're getting into. <laughs> So here's kind of, kind of got started thinking about this in the last election with, uh, Measure 106. And for those of you who aren't, who aren't aware, Measure 106 was basically a Oregon statewide measure to remove taxpayer funding for abortions. Not to restrict abortions in any way, just to remove taxpayer funding for it. And I think we're, o- we're only one of a few states that even allows that in the first place. So it's, it's very just kind of the tiniest bite out of abortion in the state of Oregon, and uh, it failed. It failed miserably. Overwhelmingly. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, like 65-35 failed. So we got to thinking, like, there is, in the state of Oregon, being kind of a, not kind of, a, a very blue state, there's almost no appetite for any sort of abortion reform, abortion changing of anything. And yet, we as Republicans, that's one of our core tenets is being pro-life. There's a supply and demand issue going on here with abortion. And we have focused so much on removing the supply, trying to cut it out at the knees through legislation or through the Supreme Court justices or whatever. We've totally ignored the other half of the equation, which is the demand issue. You know, feel free to jump in here. Sure. So this, so I I come at this from my experience of Again, I am a Republican, I am pro-life, and I worked on Newt Bueller's campaign, and boy, howdy, I tell you, did we get letters from people who were, Newt, as if if our listeners, listener, we'll see, we'll see how popular we are maybe after this, but if, if our listeners don't know, Newt was notably pro-choice. He's a, a physician down in Bend, and he got out of that, I think he got out of that, you know, well in front of the, of the start of the election marked his territory, worked to inoculate himself against any charges from the left of, this is Oregon, and we've had these rights since Roe, and, you know, whatever. And I had thought did a did a decently good job of it. I think that there were still a whole lot of people on the right, though, who were not completely sanguine with his position, which is, this is one of principles of morality, and we as conservatives see it as... As exactly that. It, it is the taking of a life. We view that, in my view, conservatism often dictates, I, each, each person on the right can have their own opinion, but conservatism dictates that life begins at conception and an abortion stops beating heart. An abortion takes a life. And so it occurred to me that, especially after talking to a number of my friends who, who are registered Democrats, who have traditionally voted Democrat, and I said, look, I'd, I'd really appreciate it if you could guys, if you could go on and look at Newt's website and maybe consider voting for him. And they all came back and said, you know, I, I really like him. I think he seems really moderate, but able to get things done, able to push things through in Salem would be a counterbalance to what appeared at the time and now is, in fact, a supermajority of Democrats in the state house, a supermajority in the state Senate. But I just don't trust that he's not going to work to try to take away my right to have an abortion. And they said, I still voted for Kate, even though I liked her less, even though I think Newt really could have made some changes, I just don't want that right tinkered with. And so my opinion is that, James, like you said, my opinion is not 
to focus on should abortion be outlawed or not? Yes, we as conservatives think yes, then let's go work towards that. Why instead don't we focus on reducing the overall number of abortions in the first place? Exactly. If, if we get to a point where it becomes, we can have the discussion, should it be legal, should it be illegal? Let's have that point then. But right now, I think most people on the left would also agree with our side that fewer abortions is a good thing, right? Right. And there's actually two points to be made here, and I think we kind of touched on both of them, but one is that that whole legal versus illegal, that discussion has been lost in the state of Oregon. Abortion is legal and will remain legal probably forever. So then how can we as conservatives reduce the number of abortions through different paths? So first and foremost, I'm sure you're aware that sex education in schools is basically, it's in the Oregon Republican Party platform that it's basically, it's a bad thing. That sex education needs to be done by the parents, that it should be out of the schools, should be opt-in, if anything. And uh, I was just reading that, and I was like, how many abortions take place? Because you have young women, young men who don't know what they're doing who have it do this thing that feels good. Nobody ever really talked to them about it. Maybe they have disinterested parents. Maybe they have parents who are in and out of jail. Maybe they're on drugs. Maybe they're just working six jobs and don't have the time or energy to, to have this talk with their kids. And they end up pregnant. And then they have a choice. You know, are you going to go have an abortion or, or otherwise? If we, as the Republican Party, recognize that sex education is one of the things that can help prevent abortions, why are we so against it? I mean, I understand from a principle standpoint that it should be the parents, but we, we don't live in a perfect world where every parent is totally involved in their kids' lives and is going to have that conversation. And, and especially from, you know, from a, a quantitative data analytic standpoint, it has been proven. I, and again, we as conservatives can have an opinion one way or the other, and that's fine as to, you know, whether or not sex education should be taught. That's an operative opinionated question. Mm -hmm. But in instances where it is taught, where comprehensive sex education is taught, there are fewer unplanned pregnancies. There are fewer instances of STDs, STIs, I think is the politically correct thing to say yeah. now. There are fewer instances of these negative consequences. And for a right-leaning finance guy, economics Republican, there's a lot lower of a cost associated with that. And this is one of those things where we can have a principled discussion, and that's fine, and that's wonderful, but in terms of actually taking an active step to reduce the number of abortions, this, I think, would be a great start for our party to put in its platform that we we are a pro-life party, and we favor having fewer abortions, exactly. and one of the ways to go about doing that is having comprehensive sex education. And here's another thing. Abortions in the state of Oregon have been going down at about a rate of 3% a year, if I remember correctly. And we as Republicans cannot take any credit for that. The Democrats have been, been in power for 30 years in this state. It's Democrat policies that are reducing the number of abortions. It's not Oregon right to life. It's not standing out with signs. It's not, it's sex education, access to contraceptives. It's these left-leaning policies that are that are doing what we as Republicans, we as conservatives, claim to be something that we support. Well, and to throw, to, to disagree slightly, I, I, I mean, I think that there's no doubt about the fact that the state is run by Democrats. Newt wrote the bill and got it mm -hmm. through and got it signed by a Democratic governor, by Kate Brown, 
to offer over the counter. Was it morning after fill or just contraception? Uh, in general? I, I think it was just the more the contraceptives, but just just in general. Yeah, and kind of the same thing. It's that I think was a contributing factor to mm-hmm. to the overall decline in unplanned pregnancies and consequently the unplanned or the decline in uh, in abortions. Exactly. And I think that that's so a, a pro life. New Bueller, by the way, or pro-choice, excuse me, pro-choice <laughs> New Bueller, uh, has done more to reduce the number of abortions in the state of Oregon than, I don't know, anybody else. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, and as obviously as a state representative, but still, if for the members of our audience who are pro-life, and I, I count myself, like, I'm mm-hmm. going to put this on in the car later today, I will be listening <laughs> to it, so we'll get our, our listenership up by at least one. But if you count yourself as pro-life, I'm not sure how you look at something like that and say, hey, there are fewer abortions this is objectively a good thing. This is something that we ought to work towards. Yeah. I see the arguments to the extreme pro-life contingent. I can see them. This is a zero tolerance issue. That this is, it is a life. This is all or nothing. This is where we stick our flag in the ground and this is the hill that we die on. Abortion should be illegal, period, end of discussion. And to that argument, I say, that's not working. it's not working nationally. It's not working in the state of Oregon as demonstrated by measure 106. And so whenever we stand on this as a zero tolerance, no abortion period, end of story, the only thing that we are accomplishing is losing votes. I believe that there's a bell curve of opinions when it comes to politics. You've got the extreme left, extreme right. You've also got this big middle ground. And I can't help but believe that there are people out there who are fiscal conservatives, who want lower taxes, who want smaller government, but just cannot see themselves voting Republican because of where we stand on some of these social issues. So by doing this all-or-nothing approach to abortion, we're losing votes, we're alienating people, and we're not even accomplishing anything. And And I think that we have had, we as a party, have had success nationally and in some states in recent decades by being relatively far right on a lot of these social issues. And at the end of the day, an election is a zero-sum game. Mm -hmm. A Democrat wins and a Republican loses, or vice versa. A Republican wins and a Democrat loses. And this has been a winning coalition. This has been a successful coalition. And it's now time in 2019, especially here in the state of Oregon, when we have the track record that we do, it would be to our benefit to maybe just not reevaluate and just wholesale change our positions, but just reevaluate how we prioritize these positions. And I think that there are and will always be a number of people who are Republicans who will never support anything other than the complete abolition of abortion, just the complete upheaval of Roe v. Wade, not even let's send it back to the states. It just, it needs to be outlawed in all 50 states. And again, from a principled standpoint, I understand where they're coming from. I understand that, if life begins at conception, then an abortion is taking of a life. I understand that that is going to come before any need to, to have a discussion with an expectant mother and her doctor, and that's going to be the opinion. But for a, a, what I would imagine are a decent swath of Republicans who who are pro-life, if the priorities shift from overturning Roe v. Wade and outlawing abortion as the number one end-all, be-all, to let's have the number one priority be to reduce the number of abortions. There are steps that we can take, such as comprehensive sex education. Let's look at expanding WIC benefits mm-hmm. so that a mother knows that there is support for her after she's got her baby and that the, the financial burden isn't going to be as dire. 
Let's look at, and Newt touched on this in his campaign. And, you know, it's going to sound like I'm shilling for Newt here. Like, I, <laughs> I, I haven't talked it's to him fine. since the election. I don't know what his plans are or anything. But I just, I, I know that we got a lot of flack for a lot of this. But Newt talked about reforming the adoption system and foster mm-hmm. care. I think that would be a yeah. great positive step for our party to put forward to tangibly reduce the number of abortions. Because if people know, if women know that they can trust that child in a foster care system or to be adopted, you know, here in the state of Oregon, it makes her much less likely to want to go through that abortion in the first place. And I think that if we put those as our top priorities, as actually reducing the number of abortions by, yes, maybe taking some positions that are more big government than we'd like or more not necessarily in cahoots with a complete black or white, let's just overturn Roe v. Wade like they have before, I think that that is, A, arguably more pro-life because that allows us to have the chance actually to actually make a difference. Yeah, to actually yeah. reduce abortions. And B, anybody that's listening, go talk to your 10 favorite Democrats and run this by them and just say, hey, do you want more or fewer abortions? If we can get the government, if we can get enough programs running successfully to where women trust their children, women trust themselves, and feel comfortable having a child when they otherwise would have aborted it, is that objectively a good thing? I've talked to, I mean, small sample size, it's only been three or four people, but one of them even said... And I quote, his quote was, that's a suspiciously good idea. He said, I don't know why we didn't think of that already. You know, it's interesting you brought up adoption and foster care. My church is really big into foster care and providing resources for foster families. And so I know a couple of couples who are foster parents who are looking at adoption. And the number of hoops you have to jump through is incredible. You know, you have to have a social worker come out and inspect your house you have to be in good financials. There's, there's all these things like any any two idiots can make a baby, but if you want to adopt one, and they often do. <laughs> right, right. And, and I understand having having limits, so you're not just you know giving these kids away to people who aren't prepared for it. But you have a good, loving family is going to be better than you know. You've got a system now where where they have run out of places to put these kids. And I remember getting emails saying, you know, hey, we've got foster kids living in hotel rooms with with social workers on the weekends because there's no place, there's just no place to put them. You know, Hey, Democrats listening to this, Democrats have been in power for 30 years in the state of Oregon. And this is something that is a serious issue. And you know what? As of now, they have super majorities. They have the governorship. You're not going to have any real pushback from Republicans on anything they want to do. Now's the time to fix these things. If you as Democrats are the compassionate party, do it. This is, this is the time to do it. Seriously, yeah, jump on it. This is, and this should be, this is an easy one, man. Like, this yeah. is a very clear victory for so many parties involved that it's, I mean, we're recording this in the middle of February. The, you know, legislature's been going on for a month now. I haven't seen anything that's come through here at the state level. There, you know, nobody's, we've got cap and trade coming up. We've got, uh, 105, we've got some gun restrictions coming up. The only Republican bill I've seen is to ban daylight savings time. That's the thing that's I, not a joke. That's the thing that's got the most progress is let's ban daylight savings time. That's crazy. In my opinion, as a we claim to be rational Republicans, we'll see yeah. how rational we are. Who even right. knows? Right. But I think that this would be a great thing to focus on from a party platform standpoint. It would allow Republicans to run as pro life people. Still say that you are pro life because I am. I think a lot of us are in this party. Newt, I think was the exception rather than the rule. And then, you know, I tell you, we got letters on that campaign from people who said, I can't, can't vote for him, can't donate checks, anything. Yeah. Because of this one particular issue. 
But I think we here have a unique opportunity to be pro-life. So we're A, we're standing on our principles. B, actually reduce the number of abortions. A lot of the things in here, we can actually reduce the number of abortions. I, what's, what's more pro-life than that? You exactly. know, again, if you, if exactly. you want to die on the hill, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But why not actually just recognize that you're being ineffective yeah. while you do that? Yeah. Why not slowly wind down? Let's just gently reduce the number of abortions. Let's go down the hill instead of just live or die. Yeah. And C, I think it makes the Republican Party more electable, more mm-hmm. palatable. And that's yep. your, we were there on election night. We saw how some of these races, how close they were. And there's a real opportunity here. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things I think that Newt struggled with, and again, you were way more plugged into the campaign than I was, but when you're running for an office, you're basically, you've got sound bites. You've got, you don't have really a whole lot of nuanced policies. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Newt comes out and says, I'm pro-choice, you know, the left doesn't believe him. The right thinks he's a traitor. But I think if we do this from a party platform standpoint, like you said, now all of a sudden we have a chance where any candidate who's running for office can then point at the party platform and say, hey, this is what we as a party believe in. And I think you gain more credibility with the left. And again, if you frame it this way as we are reducing, our goal is to reduce the number of abortions. We're not going to take this this all or nothing approach anymore. We're not going to support legislation that bans abortions or that removes funding for abortions because guess what? Those fail all the time anyway. There's no point in continuing to go down that path. But make that make that our party platform, and there's really no arguing with it, I guess. I think, yeah, I think you're inoculated against any accusations of he's trying to strip away women's mm-hmm. rights, he's trying to take away your rights as, a, as an Oregonian woman. That's not what it's about. But if you get up there as a Republican and you, whoever you're debating, you get up and you say, I'm pro-life, here's what that means. It's clearly documented on the party platform. I'm for having fewer abortions. And you, you let the Democrat go up and say, well, you know, I'm pro-choice, whatever. Look at, look at him, look at her and just say, now, are you looking to say that you're for more abortions? Are you trying to say that we have hopefully more right. unwed mothers, more mothers in financial distress, more couples who, who cannot physically, financially support a baby? Is that, is that what you're rooting for here? And then we can all go talk to our favorite Democrats if, if you have any, but I don't. <laughs> I don't imagine there's going to be a lot of Democrats who get up and say, I want to have more abortions in this state. Yeah. That, nobody wants that. And see, when you do that, you take that off the table as a divisive issue. You know, there's a lot of things that we disagreed on, Republicans and Democrats, but you, you remove one of those. And there was, we had a conversation about this at, at one of the Multnomah County Republican meetings of taking the party platform and stripping it down to the basics. The, the fewer things you have on the platform that are truly divisive, the, the, the more leeway you're going to have with candidates, the more every time you take a hard and fast stand on anything, you're going to alienate some people because they're going to be that that is their issue. And they're, you know, I can't vote for this person because they support X. So I'm going to vote for the other person. And uh, abortion is such a contentious issue. If we can all end up on the same side, which is reducing the number of abortions in the state of Oregon, it's one more thing that we all agree on. I think that's progress. That's that's a rare air in today's political climate. You yeah. can get R's and D's to agree on something. And especially if you're the guy who gets up there and puts that forward and says, here's what I stand, you get votes. You yeah. get votes, you win elections, you get to implement your version of public policy. And that's that's what we're all trying to do here. We're all trying to win elections. Yeah. So kind of to summarize, what we what we are proposing is uh, let's, we as Republicans, 
stop fighting abortion and start being pro-baby, pro-life, you know, vote for whoever you want at the federal level. I know that a lot of people voted for Trump specifically because he would appoint conservative judges, which would then, you know, maybe attempt to take down Roe v. Wade uh, in the future. But even if that happens, even if the Supreme Court shuts down Roe v. Wade or the, the other one, the, the secondary, I forget the name of it, Casey. Yeah. Oregon has a trigger clause that abortion is still legal in the state of Oregon. So even if that happens, it doesn't affect Oregon at all. And probably half the other states. Too. And probably half the other states. Yeah. So what do we do instead? We support things like sex education, like contraceptives, making contraceptives available to everyone, increased WIC benefits. And I would even go so far as to say maybe some sort of limited state-funded child care. Because if there we go. All right, I know, I know. Twenty-three minutes into the podcast, <laughs> now we're throwing fire. Now there's going to be some red meat Republicans. Right. I don't know. About I know. This. <laughs> I know. The whole state-funded thing. I don't like that either. But it's like if. But if it works, yeah. And, and if you're if you are a red-blooded Republican who wants to not have as many abortions, I think that that really will help reduce it. Figure you're if you're a sixteen or seventeen-year-old girl ends up getting pregnant for whatever reason. And you have a choice between dropping out of school and taking care of your kid or going to college. Currently, that's a really hard decision. And, and I think that that might push that woman toward, toward getting an abortion so that she can continue on with her life and go to college and get a real job. Um, <laughs> Metaphysical job. Right, right. Get a, get a, uh, get a, get a good paying job and actually move on with her life. But if she knows, that, hey, this kid is going to get taken care of. It's, it, I can still pursue my dreams, my life. I think that that, that changes the equation a little bit. And that's, so, it, it, it nudges the equation just, just enough in one direction to where for X number of thousands of young women across the state every year that will be faced with that decision, you know, maybe not all, maybe right. yes, maybe there are still some people who choose to have an abortion. But if the number is fewer, is that not what we should fight for as conservatives? Yeah, absolutely. So one other thing, sort of unrelated to this, but uh, the reason I wanted to call this the rational Republican is it's kind of been thinking a lot about what the word rational meant. And to me, at least for the purpose of this, of this podcast, it is the ability to accept nuance. It is, you know, you have your principles, you have the way the world ought to work in a perfect situation, but then you take the real world and you have to apply what is actually happening in the world. And that's why I don't think it's a problem to say to be for something like state-funded childcare. Again, maybe, maybe not for everyone, limited, low income. I mean, take, there's nuance to that as well. But I think that if it reduces the number of abortions, we're not anarchists. You know, there is a reason for having government. We're not proposing that we get rid of the entire government. Uh, just, just a little more, a little more limited in general. But in this specific case, I think that the, the benefit of reducing abortions, uh, would be worth the additional taxpayer dollars. Well, I agree. And I think that's why it's a good thing we did a podcast about it. That's why we're <laughs> sitting here today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, well, hopefully listeners, you know, sound off with your thoughts. Are we crazy? Are we, are, are we irrational or is this, uh, you know, is this something that could actually make a difference? What do you think? Well, listeners, uh, that's all we've got for today. Please head over to the website, jamesaball.com. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Just search The Rational Republican. Go ahead, like, subscribe, and 
Hope to see you next time.